Rolling. We're rolling. All right. Artists we know. This is Aiden. This is Kyle. Tonight we're here with Becky. Hey, Becky. Welcome. How's it going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Um, how how did your day go today? <laughs> Pretty magnificent. It was a day. Uh, I got up, had coffee, worked, got here. So. What kind of coffee? Uh, just black. Black. What yeah. brand? Uh, so I started using this box called Imperfect Produce. Oh, you get that too. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually like a lot of people who have come on have been doing that. I recently stopped it and unnecessary plug. I'm not affiliated with them. <laughs> Brewers Organics has a local box. Oh, it's wow. basically like um, a farmer's market to your door. Mm-hmm. bum Yeah. But it's not. Is it still kind of imperfect? Uh, not really. It no. looks better. Yeah. See, the thing <laughs> to me is like, I'm just so particular about my produce and it's like if i don't hand select <laughs> i won't even let my roommate if he's going to the grocery store and i yeah. need like a lemon i won't even tell him to get me a lemon because it's like i need to get my own you know but i love the idea of produce that normally would probably get trashed because it doesn't belong in a grocery store you know getting shipped to people i like it i think it's a cool idea i wish that they did it more and I wish there was a way that did, do you know do any of those groups uh like donate to any like food shelters or pantries or anything I think Imperfect Produce does for sure okay. I'm not sure about Brewers Organics yeah it's just um I know there's like some weird laws about like fresh food going to those facilities um well, like pesticides and stuff or no, what? I think like just potential like um tampering um maybe not tampering but just like foodborne illness stuff oh because like if it's in a can yeah if it's like pasteurized in a can yeah. it's okay did brewers was it brewers organic organic yeah did they start recently or they've been doing that uh when i checked because i was trying to figure that out too mm-hmm. either their instagram is new okay. or they started recently i can't tell because i think during quarantine imperfect produce like was at its limit like you couldn't even get one yeah right so i wonder if they started as like a okay well no one can be can be getting imperfect produce so now's a perfect time to like start jump ours in. and then people yeah. will jump on that plus milwaukee's very like you know <laughs> well we can't get it so we'll figure stuff. it out yeah, yeah yeah and like i don't know the co-op and river west I don't think they, I don't know what they do, but like, there's always farmer's markets and stuff. Yeah. Downtown, there's that one on Michigan, right? Yeah. I've never been to that one. No. You ever go to any farmer's market? I mean, I've been to like Brookfield, Tosa, Waukesha, uh, West Dallas. The West Dallas one is good. That's like, it's huge. And it's like, they have it like four times a week, I think, or Mm -hmm. something like that. Do they have it at like state fairgrounds? Oh, uh, it's across, or it's close to State Fairgrounds. It's in that pavilion area. Yeah, it's mm. like, um, let me think. It's a little bit further down from State Fair, maybe 60th in Greenfield, maybe. I'm going to be honest. Anytime someone says a number street, I just have no idea what. I'm so bad at those. I only know like 124th. Yeah. Or like Highway 100, which is actually well, 108th Street. Is it? <laughs> yeah. See, I just, if somebody was like, oh, it's on 108th and 90th, I'd be like, you might as well just tell me it's on Mars. Cause I, don't, <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> I have no idea. Well, now that we all have phones. Right. Right. I feel like I don't know where anything is anymore. Like when no. you guys said Mitch, like Mitchell Hall, I was like, oh, I'll just plug it into my phone. Like, yeah. 
And I still had to ask somebody on the way. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> and so, no, it's not your guys' fault. Oh, I just yeah. am directionally okay. slow. But Yeah, same with, like, phone numbers. Like, I don't, I only know, like, five people's phone number. Yeah. You know, I, know. I used to, like, have, like, 20 memorized, and now it's, like, I'm useless. I know people's numbers from when I had to remember them, and then ever since, I never memorized a single one. You're a little bit older, though. <laughs> I no, mean, only a little bit. No, I just, mean, on, I just mean I got a I got a phone when I was probably younger. Oh, yeah. So that's I, probably I had true. to stop remembering them younger so they didn't have time to cement. Yeah, I, I would say I probably remembered them through, like, freshman year of high school, maybe. Yeah. And then after that, it was all downhill. Freshman year of high school. See, yeah, I mean, for me, it's probably, like, sixth grade. And that's it. Well, what year was that? Or you don't want to get into that? How was your morning? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. We'll talk after yeah. the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, this is a really weird thing. Wait, 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 you didn't ask about how my morning was. How was your morning? <laughs> it was good, but... I thought you didn't want to talk about your... No, I didn't want to talk about... Your age? <laughs> how was your morning? Oh, uh, thanks for asking, Kyle. I got uh, egg biscuit at McDonald's. And they put sausage on it. So I, I ordered the one. It was just egg and a biscuit. Okay. It wasn't even like a sausage, egg, and biscuit. No, sausage. It was an egg biscuit. And they put a sausage on it. Is that? Like and they a- did the same thing to Morgan's. It was two separate egg biscuits and they added sausage to both of them so is that like a jackpot moment or is that like oh i don't know i had to peel it off i still <laughs> ate it but i had to take it off they but, probably thought they were giving you like a plus they're like yeah. i'm gonna give them a sausage patty you know it's like n- nice try if that's what they've thought great but i was upset did and you tell them yeah no because we ordered it on the app Oh. So uh, we just like got it and left and then got back and then all of a sudden it was just there. But yep. then I won in backgammon. So that made up for it. Do you play backgammon? <laughs> no, I don't. No. It's like a recent obsession. Quarantine obsession or just something that happened no, naturally? I, yeah, naturally. It's, this is a backgammon podcast. Ah, uh, shoot. Again, <laughs> another one. Yeah. Give me. Um, anyway. Well, while we talk about quarantine... What have you been doing over quarantine? Did you make bread? I didn't. I no. did not. Uh, actually, I tried to make like flatbreads, just not mm. a skillet, because yeah. yeast was out of stock for like everybody. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's this like fry bread that I used to make in college. I was like, well, I should whip this one out for the I gram. Always. <laughs> <laughs> I've always heard about fry bread. But I don't know what it looks like or tastes like. And I got criticized at my old job for never having seen it. It's super easy to make. Really? Yeah. What is it? Was it like sweet? No. Well, it can be if you want it to. Is it like crispy? Yeah. Would, it should be if you make it right, if you fry it for long is enough. It, but. Is it similar to like a pancake kind of like fluffiness? Pancake? No. I'd say it's more, it has a crust around it. Okay, if, okay. Depends like a on croissant? No, I would say no. Oh, we're way off. <laughs> Do you use it for like a I sandwich? Should've... No, I usually just have it just plain. Just plain. Yeah. Is it like monkey bread? Oh, no. That's way sweeter, right? That's like cinnamon. Oh, no. Right? 
is like pull apart. <laughs> you can if you want. There are so many options with fry okay. bread, guys. Just check it out. I've heard of people making fry bread like tacos and stuff. Oh. Like, using it as like a tortilla. Wouldn't that be that like a chalupa? Sense. Maybe. What do they use for that? A pita? I don't know. <laughs> you never had one? No. When's the last time you went to Taco Bell? Uh, probably like 2009, maybe. Jesus. Same. And there was, uh, it was really weird because there was this like funny moment where this guy like walked in and he, he had these like shades on and he's like, you know, we'd be rolling, rolling. <laughs> and then he's like, said something like, you know, I'm riding the breeze or something like Everyone that. Everyone just looked at him. And then we <laughs> looked outside and you know, like there's an old, I don't know if it's like a, maybe like a Plymouth or something oh but they made a car called the breeze and that's <laughs> oh, the car oh wow i hope he did that everywhere he went yeah i don't right. know it was really bizarre but it's like i'm sitting there with like my friends and some random guy just walks like right in the door no one's like i don't know if he knew anyone or anything and he's like he did the motion to almost like the drop it like it's hot yeah you know? yeah he's like you know we'd be rolling rolling was he on something or is just vibing. It's Taco Bell. Vibe check. <laughs> wait, wait. Why haven't you both been to Taco Bell since 2009? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was probably 2013. That's still um, so long ago. I just have never in the area. I never okay. like drive past it. I'm like, that's exactly what I want. When, like, when you brought up McDonald's before, I was trying to remember the last time I've had that. And I think it was like maybe 2011 or. Okay, you're making me feel bad. No. Because I just feel like I shouldn't eat McDonald's if you haven't had it in nine years. Just get Brewers Organics. You'll have yeah. you'll have produce for days. Fresh How produce. am I supposed to get an egg and cheese biscuit made to perfection? Don't you make well, eggs it's not a lot? Per- it wasn't perfect this time. It wasn't so. perfect. You're right. But the sausage looked really good. Yeah. I just didn't want I mean, I don't <laughs> eat sausage like that. But anyway, <laughs> we could probably How was your morning, time. Kyle? It was fine. Oh. Uh work yeah we can talk about that later (laughs) did you stare out the window yeah you know uh since i started working from home uh i don't let my dog really come by me while i work trey yeah and i've noticed there's so much more wildlife in the backyard when the dog isn't around do you work outside no but there's like a kind of like a window door Uh, oh yeah and so, like, I see turkeys, squirrels. You see turkeys in your backyard? Oh, yeah. Little That's baby tight. ones yeah. and big ones. I've oh, never nice. seen a baby turkey. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty cool, actually. They're like, well, now they're like this big. So they're not baby. They're not they baby used thing. to be like this big. They're like teenagers. I've seen them grow up before my <laughs> eyes. Um, there's rabbits, chipmunks. I saw a red squirrel and gray squirrels. And red squirrels are super aggressive. I guess they, like, whoop gray squirrels. Yeah. I remember that yeah. when I went to school in lacrosse, there was a big problem in that like the red squirrels were attacking all the other squirrels. <laughs> Ouch. Weird. That's actually hilarious. Like, cause I knew they were aggressive, but I didn't know they would attack. Like that's, a, that it was like a problem. Yeah. Cause they're, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. I think they're an invasive, invasive species. Oh, that's probably, really? probably accurate. <laughs> But I, I could be wrong. Look it up. I didn't know red squirrels were a thing. They're like a little smaller, but they're way feistier. Really? Yeah, dude. And they got pointy ears, I think. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Would you ever eat a squirrel? I don't know. Anyway. I thought about that today, actually. 
relevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, so for the listeners, um, this is like kind of a really interesting moment because this is the second time. First time. The second time we've all been together. Oh. <laughs> this is the second time we've all been in the same vicinity because what's the was that you we what do we think that was 2012 no that was 2013 2013 yeah. yeah um aiden and i went after work to try and meet alice cooper at guitar center mm-hmm. and we saw becky there to also meet alice cooper <laughs> did you meet him no neither did we <laughs> she was a little bit ahead of us i think yeah. So then, uh, oh, so then you knew that. Right. But I told her that we got the signed post signed because we complained. <laughs> Had a Karen moment. <laughs> I don't right? know what we, we did was in line behind Gabe, or Gabe was behind us. Yeah, we waited in line for an hour. We didn't get to see Alice Cooper. We want something, and so then they they mailed I, us. I, I don't they? remember us complaining, but I do remember us like talking to his manager. <laughs> Which is a Karen moment. <laughs> did we get t-shirts? I didn't get a t-shirt. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, I had a microphone microphones on, on them. <laughs> did you get one of those? No. What? I'll see if I can find it. I never wear that thing. No, it was comfy, though. It was a Hanes beefy tee. Oh, dang. Yeah, it was comfy. It was quality. That's, high quali- that's yeah. a high-quality yeah. t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. So, welcome. But this is the first time. First time. We've had an author yes. on the show. You wrote a book called This Road Must Go Somewhere and Other Things I Told Myself. And then also a, a second follow-up called Moving Forward as well. Yeah. When's that coming out? Oh, it already came out. It already came out. Yep. Yeah, I didn't have any <laughs> copies, so I didn't okay. just bring one okay. for you. No, wow. that's okay. We have copies of This Road Must Go Somewhere. I'm excited. Well, um, before we get into the book, um, let's just talk a little bit about your background. Um, you said you went to lacrosse. Yep, uh, I started off at Eau Claire, Wisconsin, then I went to La Crosse, Wisconsin. Okay, and what was your major? Uh, I was English writing and rhetoric with Spanish. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Um, Did you always want to be an author? Yeah, okay. legit. I actually found a journal from when I was like eight, mm-hmm. and the whole entire journal, I don't know if it was like a homework assignment that we had to write journals, and I was just like, gotta fill up the page. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm gonna be a writer, I'm gonna be a writer, I'm gonna be a writer, and wow. my parents were like, seeds fate i'm like no it's just i'm determined i guess yeah Um, nice and um how'd you like lacrosse and eau claire i mean i know you're from this area but how'd you like being uh, out there it's gorgeous um it's smaller than here obviously Mm -hmm. um but the bluffs are gorgeous in lacrosse yeah yeah those bluffs are amazing i mean i've i've only hiked them a few times only hung out in lacrosse a few times but every time i've been up there it's been awesome it seems like a cool place yeah it's a fun little downtown too i mean everybody says like oh it has the most bars per capita whatever (laughs) yeah lacrosse Um, yeah it's like a street they have the most bars on something okay i don't know the exact statistic but interesting yeah there are a lot of really cool there was one really cool tobacco shop that i used to go to all the time that has um coffee as well nice what a combo Right. All of the stimulants. I've only driven through lacrosse, but I wanted to hang out there. I got a good lacrosse story that I can tell you guys later. But anyway, have you ever gone to Pearl Street Brewery? Yeah. I like that place a lot. 
Is that part of the lacrosse story? Uh, yeah, but I saw Jerry Garcia band there once. Oh, well, no way. I mean, he wasn't alive, but his band yeah. still tours. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they played there and it was really awesome. That was like, that's like a highlight night for me. It's just like, what an epic show. But anyway. And that town's so intimate too, so it kind of. Yeah, it was like a small show, small space with like, you know, anytime you can see musicians of like a high caliber in a small space. It really, it hits a lot differently, in my opinion, at least. So, um, but yeah, so the book, I mean, do you want to, um, do you want to kind of give the listeners a little bit of background on the book and then we can kind of. Yeah, <clears throat> sure. Um, basically what happened in 2016 is my boyfriend committed suicide. Um, it was a pretty traumatic experience for me as that often is. Mm -hmm. Um, so instead of kind of going the traditional, um, morning route, and to be clear, I'm not recommending this as a morning route. Um, I'm not recommending what I did as like therapy, but what I ended up doing was following the last band we saw together for about a year. So kind of just manically going on the road, trying to figure out what was happening in my brain, trying to escape from what was happening, um, in the city, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so the book just talks about those road trips and the series of road trips I went on, uh, the people I met throughout that experience, and kind of the insight that I gained from the people that I met. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't even... It's heavy. I mean, there's, yeah, I don't know. I, sometimes I almost feel bad when people ask me what the book's about, because there's really no follow-up you can give to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, in the book... As you'll read, yeah. I got really fortunate with the people who I met, and I honestly don't know if I would be the same person without them. Yeah. So I was like, well, I should probably capture these experiences in a book because yeah. people from all over have really beautiful insight. So. Yeah, I mean, had you written anything major before this book? Was this like a no. first? Okay. Uh, I've o like I said, I've always been a writer, and I always <laughs> saw myself doing this at some point. And I like started some really pretentious projects that were way like way too heady for anybody to do, mm -hmm. um, and they obviously went nowhere. But then with this, um, it just kind of flew out of me. Yeah. And I, I mean, this, yeah, it's heavy. I mean, I don't even like, you know, I'm, I feel bad that you know that's such a burden to to deal with, and um, but it's interesting. You know, you turned it into a book like that's I guess I don't know how to spin it into like a positive right no way, honestly but like it was just so much energy after something like that happens yeah, yeah yeah and you really don't know what to do with it and I kind of just fell back on what I knew best and I like after my mom read this she was like what the hell like are you okay still yeah. like at the end of it and I had people reach out basically saying like what like yeah. this doesn't seem like an ending but it was an honest like capture of where I was at that moment. And yeah. I, I thought it was important to capture because so many people do, do go through that mm -hmm. and not yeah. a lot of people really have a space to speak on it. So. Yeah. And you turned it into a book and then you said the second book is kind of. Basically just a series of essays. It was actually the catalyst was after a bunch of people said, this isn't done. Like, holy crap, we're still worried about you. This is insane. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, maybe it's not done. And as I started writing the second book, I was like, wow, I'm a lot further than I thought I was. So yeah, kind of turned into a series of essays 
based on like where I've gone from there. So this first book, you know, obviously I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but this is, this is a collection of writings to him or like about the whole experience following the band or just your journey with Jake. Uh, it's kind of a conglomeration of all. Okay. So there are like flashbacks about things I thought about while I was there. Because mm -hmm. um, obviously when you're on the road, you're trying to escape everything. Yeah. But in any city you go to, you're going to see something that's like, oh, crap, that's exactly like this. Or this reminds me of this moment. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there was kind of a theme in the book as well. It was like no matter where you go, you're going to find similarities. Mm -hmm. And you can't really take care of yourself until like you be, you come into yourself and just fix yourself. Yeah. Um, obviously asking for help along the way as well. Yeah. Was there any particular show that like not stood out the most to you, but like was the heaviest? Or yeah. Uh, I was in Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and they had a two night show. Okay. And I was like, well, screw it. Like I'll just hang out in Pittsburgh. And I ended up meeting these women who were probably in their 40s, and they were just rambunctious and wild, and they were mm -hmm. screaming the entire time. Mm -hmm. It was like a small little venue. Like, yeah. nobody else is screaming. Everybody else is just kind of like this. Um, and I ended up making friends with them, yeah. and they were the first people who I told, like, this is what happened to me. And I found out that uh, one of the women had, her brother had killed himself. Okay. So that was kind of the first connection point of, like, oh, you can talk about this and it's going to be awkward until you figure it out a little bit, yeah. but you can still talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what, what is the band? Which band is it? Yeah, that's, that was uh, All Them Witches. All Them Witches, what yeah. kind of music? Damn, I, oh, I never know how to, there's Psych, I guess. Okay. Um, they cover, they've covered Jimi Hendrix, um, Stevie Nicks, mm -hmm. I'm sure some others, that kind of vibe. Okay. Yeah, and so, did you follow them continuously during that? No, okay. it was like um, just on and off whenever I could afford it. And I was working remote at the time. So I kind of just picked up and left whenever my mind got a little too heavy. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because as I was doing it, um, I painted it as this like wanderlust thing. Like, oh, I'm just so adventurous and fun yeah. um, without really acknowledging what I was doing. Yeah. So. And so... Um, and you said that was over a period of like a year, six months to a year? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how many shows did you see? Ten. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it was ten. Yeah. Now, during that period, I mean, you know, you go, you know, s such a heavy incident happens and then you hit the road. I mean, did you feel like the road gave you clarity or was it an escape or um, what did the road give you and what did the band and the whole I mean what did it bring you I mean yeah I think I f at least from my perspective like going in I feel like you thought you were getting something for doing that almost or like feeling a certain way I mean I mean the shows were almost like a fix because I was yeah. just trying to recreate this experience that clearly like I said that you can always find similarities in every area, but you can never recreate a complete experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think I was just trying to find some closure by just trying to find like the last show that I'd go to that would feel like I was honoring him. Because another thing I did, um, I guess I forgot to mention this, I would buy a ticket for him at every show and just give it away to somebody. Oh, wow. Oh, um, dang. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, and I tried to do it 
secretly. That's another thing about Pittsburgh. I'm all over the place today. No, uh, that's, that's okay. Is somebody found out that I had given him the ticket, and he's like, "Oh my God, thank you so much." And for me, I was like, "Jesus, like I don't want to talk to you. Like yeah. I just want you to have the ticket and you just go." Like, yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just trying to recreate that experience and trying to honor him in the best way I thought I yeah. could. Where was the, where was the, uh, what city was the last show you went with him in? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah, so it was at uh, Cactus Club. Cactus Club. Yeah. Oh, nice. Shout out to Cactus Good Club. Venue, yeah. yeah. Support them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you go on these tours uh, with the band. Um, you come back. Um, and I think... Was their last show, did you say that was also in Milwaukee? Yeah, that was in Milwaukee. Okay. Same venue? Yep. Uh, oh, no, not oh, same venue. Uh-huh. It was at Collectivo Backroom. Okay. Oh, nice. Shout yeah. out to Collectivo Backroom, Support too. them, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, so you, you hit, hit the last show at Collectivo Backroom. You're back in Milwaukee. Um, and then, then what? <laughs> I thought it would honestly, like, I was like, all right, this last show, everything will be fixed, like, the end of their tour they ended milwaukee oh my gosh i'll have this amazing like closure in my heart but i didn't because that's not how this kind of thing works yeah um you can't really plan when you're gonna feel better mm-hmm. no matter how type a you are so yeah. and so you you come home do you start writing then or were you writing that whole time no i didn't start writing really um i knew that it was i knew that i was going to write something probably a month before their tour ended, but I didn't really start writing until about two months after. Okay. And so was that last show, I know you said you, you thought everything would be fixed. I mean, what were you feeling once that last show ended? Oh, I put so much weight onto it. Like, I was immediately disappointed because I had just put so much weight onto it. I'm sure they did fine, but, like, my head wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went with my friend, too, which was a deviation from before and it just it just didn't feel right (laughs) so you always went alone to all the other shows yeah okay except for the first one i actually went with my friend to that one as well so okay Okay. it's kind of like a bookend yeah and so two months later you start writing the book what does that process look like for you (laughs) crazy um it almost felt like a not to get too hyperbolic but it almost felt like a demon just coming out and being like all right this is what i'm going to make it um before I had started writing it, I came up with all these different versions where I'd kind of make it like this goofy, like quirky adventure. Um, but then as I started writing it, it obviously didn't feel genuine, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just, I stayed up way too late every night and I worked in the morning. I probably stayed up to like two in the morning every night just writing. I wrote it in about six months, I'd say. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so... Um during that writing process, I mean, that sounds pretty intense and like draining. I mean, you're working all day, you're writing till two in the morning and then you're getting up. I could never do it again. Like I could never do it at this age. Like when I was 26, yeah, I can do that. Um, now, not so much, yeah. but yeah, it was one of those once in a lifetime experiences, I think, where you get that drive and you just keep going. That's yeah. real though, it's like raw. It's like, it all just like, flowed out of you in those six months staying up late did you drink a lot of coffee uh i probably drank way too much wine why but yeah wine's good too though yeah um and so 
When did you know the book was done? Uh, here's the thing. I actually told one of my friends when it would be done, and I told her to take it out of my hands when it was, because I know myself, like I know if I don't set a deadline, it's never going to be done, and I'd probably still be working on it. Mm -hmm. And so she took it from me, and she was my first beta reader, and that's kind of how I knew it was done. Okay. Um, and so after that process, you, you self-published your books, right? Yep. And so what does that process look like? Um, it's, I mean, it's really nice because you have complete control over what you publish, um, but it can be a little daunting just because there's so much you have to learn, like um, how to set up your book so you can sell in independent bookshops, um, how to format it exactly right so it doesn't look like complete crap. Um, yeah, it's, it was fun. I was lucky to have a group of people around me from college who kind of knew their way around book publishing. So okay. yeah, that's another thing about this book is it's been kind of homegrown. I'm really fortunate to have the people around me who I do. And you did like book tour, you did a signing, book yep. signing? Yeah. How was that? What's that like? Uh, it's, it's a lot easier than you'd think. And yeah. that like, well, it's, I shouldn't say easier, but it's a lot less romantic, I guess. Okay. Um, and that literally I just, so I visited the 10 cities that I went to on tour. Mm -hmm. And I raised money for the National Alliance on Mental Illness in every city. Mm -hmm. um, so what I would do is I would just look at a map and I'd just call literally every single bookshop in those cities. Mm -hmm. And I would go to the one that would take me. Okay. Sometimes it was a coffee shop. Sometimes it was um, a weird bar. Yeah. But it was always fun. And everyone, I, I was really fortunate with the people who I met through that as well. Did they have like stories of their own? Uh, sometimes, yeah. but sometimes they just knew a friend of a friend or they had mm -hmm. known somebody in the city who had recently committed suicide. Oh, um, wow. yeah. yeah. And so, um, you, you said you went to 10 cities on the book tour? Yep. Uh, it actually ended up being 11 cause I ended up going to Asheville. But Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. I haven't been there. I want to go. Oh, actually I stopped there and got gas one time. But that's another story. Anyway. Uh, I'd say go to Black Mountain right around the corner. Okay. Asheville's super touristy. But yeah, yeah. It seemed, the mountains are gorgeous. Yeah. Um, no no sweat, Asheville. You're fine. Um, <laughs> what cities did you all go to? If you don't, I mean, if you don't uh, mind you're fine. Uh, my, let me see the book. I oh, might, sorry. <laughs> you're totally fine. Sometimes I miss one, and I feel bad about that. Um, so first it was New Orleans. Then it was. Um, did you spend time in New Orleans, like beyond just doing the signing, or did you kind of just go do the signing and then kind of split? See, when I first started, I thought that it would be a really good idea to do like a bunch of signings and really mm -hmm. just like cram them all in. Mm -hmm. So I spent four days there, and I had three different signings. Okay. Um, okay. I wouldn't recommend that. That's not. Was not this a like uh, straining? Well, there's no real way to market it because oh, people are right. like, well, I can just go to the next one and then they just never show up because, oh, you know, you can right. push it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, people love procrastinating. Yeah. It wow. was fun, though. Yeah. Uh, I should know the cities that I went to. So New Orleans, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Iowa City, um, New York City. How's New York? Cleveland. Oh, I love New York City. Yeah. It's overwhelming. I can't be there for more than three days yeah. usually, but the energy there is crazy. Yeah, I like it a lot too. Um, 
I usually go visit my aunt. Oh, where does she like, live? Uh, Greenwich Village. Nice. Yeah, we go there like every other year, every couple of years to go see her, spend like a week there. But um, was it, was the signing there any different? Just seems like there's higher energy. There is that. The know. fun part about uh, New York City is there's a comic book shop who, that's the first comic book shop I ever bought my first graphic novel from. Oh, wow. And I'm a huge fan of graphic novels. Yeah. And so they were the only people who I hit it up, and he was like, absolutely, come yeah. in. And so I, that was a special one for me. That's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. Um, it's like a weird, kind of like weird coincidence. Kind of, not really. I mean, yeah. you like hit him up, but like still. Well, that, I was surprised he yeah. responded to me. Yeah. It was like, wh- like every single time I would go in there, he would always have excellent recommendations. Mm-hmm. He didn't remember. It's not like they remembered me or anything, mm-hmm. but it has a special place in my heart. Totally. Yeah. So for a self-published author, um, I know you said like, you know, you can find places to go, but did you get a lot of pushback from people? Like, did um, did any cities or, you know, areas say like, no, no, you're not, you know, famous or something like that? San Francisco did not like me. Um, <laughs> what? And that's fine. I, had so, I called, like, literally every bookshop there, every library, every coffee shop I could get my hands on, like, that I could find on the Internet, at least, obviously. Um because my brother was living out there. I was like, well, that'd be a good idea to do a signing out there. Why not? Mm. Um, yeah, I had a bookstore hang up on me. So that was what? fun. <laughs> it's humbling, though. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but it's like... a positive spin, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's rude. It was weird. Yeah. Um, especially since that was like after I had done a few where people were kind of receptive to what I was doing. Right, yeah. But then I remember like, I went to mostly Rust Belt cities. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was I super. Still... I didn't even know what to do. Like I just sat on the phone as like dial tone. I was right. like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have a publisher? No, but hang up. Okay. Jeez, um, cutthroat. Yeah, wow. I mean, I get it because everybody's trying to be a beatnik poet yeah. out there. But have you been there before? Yeah, it's it's a fun. I suppose city. your brother lives there. Yeah, or he used he actually <laughs> just here. moved back, okay. but okay. just in time. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a beautiful city. You been there, Kyle? San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, you know, that's where the Grateful Dead started, so I had to go oh, check it yeah. out. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Chilling on Hate Ashbury area, that corner. Uh, what did you get into on Hate Ashbury? I can, I don't know. It was nothing. I probably mm. bought some tie dyes at the right. time. And Do they have the house there? Yeah, the house. Uh, I'm trying to think of the address. I don't remember the exact address, but I'm pretty sure it's on. I think it's on hate. Okay. Uh, I just remember hearing the stories of Janice Joplin. She was dating Pigpen. Pig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From the dead. And I don't know. When I went out there, it was kind of sad. You know, it's a lot of homeless people. And yeah. In a city like that, where it's like, I think that might be, it's definitely in like the top five most expensive cities in the U.S., I would say. I think top yeah. two or top three. Yeah, probably yeah. three. Because I would the, think, I would think, New York. New York was one. San Francisco and... L.A. might be up there or Chicago. LA. Who knows? Chicago. Yeah. Oh. I'm sure there's a bunch of East Coast cities that are pretty expensive. That I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. It was it was an eye-opening experience. Um, yeah, I don't know. San Francisco's all right. Well, now they're on my list if they're hanging up. Yeah, I yeah. Don't that's I like not that cool. Very much. No. I would say the bookstore, but I won't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're on my list. Yeah. Um, and so, what were some of the positive moments that came out of the tour? Like, um, you know, a book like this. I mean, 
you know, again, like a heavy topic. I feel like it resonates with a lot of people, though. I mean, um, you know, the suicide aspect or the like mental health aspect, um, you know, that's such a important thing. And I think, you know, we'll get into that still. But yeah, what were some of the positives that you had? Like, did you meet anyone that? I think just the, the um, how open people were once yeah. you told your story and then it was really, it felt really good to hear some people's stories right back because I don't know, it's an honor when somebody shares their story with you like that. Um, and I'm glad that whatever I did made them feel comfortable to do that. Usually it's at a, like a reading or something like that, but um, yeah, it's, I'm trying to think of an example, like one specific person, but I honestly can't think of one specific person. Usually it's just, um, Usually people are just pretty open, and that's really cool to see. Yeah. And just meeting the different NAMI chapters in each city, too, is cool, seeing what they're doing. Um, they're doing some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I think we got to shout out NAMI. Shout out NAMI. Um, shout out NAMI. So National Alliance for Mental... National Alliance on Mental Illness. On Mental Illness. Yep. Okay. So, um, and I don't know everything they do, and maybe you can... I yeah. don't know if you know some of it, but, like, um, I have heard of them before. And I think now more than ever, um, mental illness is something that, especially in the art community, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, I mean, but everyone yeah. um, probably needs help with right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, you're fine. Like, I can do a brief overview. Um, so basically what I learned as I was publishing this book, I learned a lot about NAMI because I knew I wanted to donate to some mental health organization. From what I saw, I really loved what they were doing. Um, so National, NAMI National, basically funds research and <clears throat> research that funds or that funnels into the programs that the local programs put on. So why it's important to donate to local programs is because they do that all independently. It's almost like a franchise, um, franchise organization. So what they do, they do, um, every chapter is different, but a lot of them do like survivors of suicide or people who are struggling with PTSD and things like that. And they navigate um, the really, really complicated insurance and therapy world for you if you ask them. And they're just there for you. Um, a lot of times, a lot of people forget that they're there and I would urge you to look up your NAMI chapter in your city, see what they're doing, seeing what they're up to. Yeah, that's a really good resource. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people, that's a tough one because I feel like, you know, I, it's, I wonder how many people, like, know where to go to find, like, a therapist or to get, like, mental help. Because you, you don't really go to, like, the, like, your, like, GP, right, to, like, right. talk, you know. And I've been really lucky, like, I got good recommendations, but if someone's, like, new to a city or something and, like, they don't know, it's cool to just have, like, one place you can go to. For guidance. You know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. especially if you're in crisis. Right, and yeah. insurance is already a nightmare right. in this country. Yeah. And yeah. it's just nice to be able to take have somebody else take that off of your hands mm -hmm. and to kind of guide you in direction i mean that's even like just the th I mean, if you're already having like you know 
issues and then to have to like the the burden and stress of how am I going to pay for it insurance all this stuff too it's like that could stop someone dead in their tracks from even attempting to do something about it so the fact that they're like they are there to help you navigate and stuff too I mean that's like totally invaluable right that's really cool yeah the amount of hurdles that people have to go through to get help is it's it's really kind of sickening honestly like especially something like that where it's it's i'd say that situation's a lot more and like no disrespect but you know it's a lot more fragile than like if you just have like an upset stomach you know it's like because i don't know if you have an upset stomach it's like you could still whatever but if you're like on the brink mentally you know it's like it, it sometimes doesn't take much to like push you over you know and there's that stigma too of like oh well something's wrong 100%. in my head maybe it's my fault right yeah. or maybe i'm just not tough enough yeah. and that rhetoric hopefully is dying just because i feel like the new generation is kind of saying like no we need to take care of this right. stuff which is great right. yeah um, i hope so i mean the same way you would go to the doctor you know if your leg hurt right or something you should i mean people should go i would encourage people to talk to someone if you feel like you're mental space is not where you know functioning how it should be or where you know you feel like you're in a healthy place right Mm -hmm. um and yeah i don't know it's it's weird because that stigma like i don't understand why that one in particular is so like it's very touchy and uh, you know i don't even like to talk about it too much but it's like what's so different about that where like there's such a stigma around talking to a therapist you know right i, I don't it, it's and especially now where we're all quarantined mm-hmm. like it's extra important yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like a it's like a social thing or something you know, I almost wonder if people, does it feel like you're talking to like a loose cannon or something or like what, you know, why else well, would it, it be tough to such a, like such a stigma and like not taboo, but uh, I think, you know, it just in the past, I think people thought of it as almost like a weakness or like, mm-hmm. a, um, you know, negativity. And I think it's something that, um, people wanted to like hide from or like kind of suppress more than they wanted to actually fix Mm -hmm. which like i mean i that's a whole a whole nother rabbit hole to go down but like i think a lot of uh health concepts um they want to like mask the problem as opposed to like fix the problem oh for sure yeah and so but i think this i think with mental health there's not really a masking maybe you can like push it off or um i guess like kind of um skirt your way around it sometimes um but i think it if you do that for too long, it builds and it becomes worse. It festers, for yeah, sure. Yeah, festers. That's a good word for it. And um, yeah, it's not really something that you can avoid or escape. It's like it's going to pop up again somehow. 
Right. You know, you can only put it to the side and suppress it for so long until, you know, it's going to, like, come back. Well, and right now during quarantine, I mean, you know, prior to quarantine, I, I would say that, you know, a lot of that stuff, like, you're busy, um, you can focus on other things, maybe... You know, you have a certain crutch. Maybe you, you know, you hit the bar with your friends or something. Um, and now I think people are kind of isolated, so they're like up against these things, um, and they can't. You know, it's not like you can run anymore. I right. Mean, most people are quarantining. Most people are, uh, or you know, people are isolated. People don't have the same social circle and it's a lot of change all at once i think that, that like amount of change just all happening at one time can really shake a person up and i think yeah probably now more than ever people are probably really shaken up and it's understandable and like almost expected you know um i don't like i don't like change i don't think a lot of people like Right. Change and then have that much, you know, it's like. And it's been a lot of sheesh. negative change, yeah, too. Yeah, right. It's and there's every, like, the whole landscape right now, j regardless of the, I mean, including the virus, obviously, but, like, everything. Just, I mean, I know a lot of good stuff is happening, but it, it you know, sometimes it just feels like everything's falling apart. And maybe, I think some people would argue that's a good thing, but. <laughs> I'm not certain. I don't know. I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot all happening at once, and that's challenging. Right. You know? And I think, uh, at least from conversations I've had, too, just, like, some of the more traumatic things that are shared on social media, too, mm -hmm. before, like, you could go out and you could talk with your friends about it and kind of discuss it, but mm -hmm. now especially for people who suffer from PTSD, mm -hmm. now you're watching that mm -hmm. and it's just there in your head, you know? Yeah, and yeah. like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be aware of these things happening, but yeah. it is, it is an added weight. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, people are just bombarded with it now. Right. Yeah. And it's, it, uh, again, it shouldn't be happening. Like a hundred percent should not be happening, yeah. Yeah. but it's difficult when it's happened, when we're watching it all the time and we're hyper-focused on it like that. Totally, yeah. Social media is just like, you can't go onto any social plat media platform and not see something. You right. know, it's like you're just constant, like, information overload. Or, know? I mean, turn on any news. Right, yeah. Like, you're just constantly subjected to this stuff all the time. You know, it's like, it can wear a person down. Oh, it, it, it will wear a person yeah. down. You know, it just all, all the time, it's like, you know, you just get not numb to it but it's a weird no it is a really weird numb it's a really weird numb and like it's it's hard to keep constantly you know being alert and aware and like totally caring about everything i guess is the best way i can describe it when it's just constantly in your face it's like it's you know I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's another stigma with therapy as well is like a lot of people think, well, there's all this stuff happening outside. Like it's not time to take care of myself. I have to help the world. Mm -hmm. But like you can't go out and help people if you're right. like at the bottom of the well. Exactly. Like what are you going to do? Exactly. You're just exactly. screaming. And exactly. Yeah. It's always time to help yourself. Like 
like you said, I mean, how are you supposed to do anything else if you're not in the right shape physically, mentally, whatever? Like, right. You have to be a, you, you know. have to be able to hold somebody up if exactly. you're going to help them. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Otherwise, you just if you try to like help someone who's drowning, but you can't swim either. Right. You know, it's like you're going down too. Right. Um. So, um, so you said, and it, I sh- should have asked you maybe before. If you don't yeah, want to talk fine. about this, you can omit it but um, no so you said you went on the tour you thought you know things would help you know the tour would help and um in the end you thought it was more of like a fix than than like an actual um maybe fix is the wrong word but like um, no i'd i'd say that's yeah, that's yeah. accurate yeah it's a dopamine hit for sure but um if you had to go back and you don't have to get into s- super personal details, yeah. but like what would you have done differently? Anything? You know, Nothing? I've actually, no, I've thought about this a lot and I don't know. I probably would have been less creepy towards them. Maybe like I wouldn't have followed around the same band over and over again, <laughs> but, um, that aside, um, I don't know how else I could have gotten through it and ended up in the same way with the same perspectives that I've gained. Yeah. Um, I think any way it would have happened, I probably would have hit the road in some way, and it probably was better that it was to a destination versus just like ambling around a city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, despite how um, manic and erratic and mindless it was, I was really fortunate to come out of it with something. So I'm not sure if I would. Yeah. Um, well, kind of wanted to end on something a little lighter yay van life <laughs> tell me about your steven your van steven steven oh gosh steven steven is currently in my garage and not working um oh, no. yeah no i'm st- i'm still super new to van vanner stuff <laughs> um is that what they're called is that what it's called vanners Banner? Okay. Was it, did you take the van to when you were doing the book tour? I wish. No. Oh. So I actually bought it. Recent? Yeah, I okay. bought it uh, November of last year, and the plan was so it's an old '79 Garing conversion van. Oh um, yeah. It's super fun, super cool, but it needs a lot of work. Okay. Um, so the plan was to fix it up to go on the road this summer. Uh, my photographer is also a comedian, so usually what we do is he does a show, um, and I do a signing, and we just kind of pick cities that seem cool, mm-hmm. and where we want to lay roots. Um, so conversion van would have been really fun to just have a crash pad basically and save some money hopefully Um, it's turned into a whole thing in that like I didn't even realize there's this whole subculture behind it of all these people who are like fixing up these old vans and um, getting really passionate about their vans and sharing them on Instagram and telling the stories behind their vans and it's been passed down from this person to this person to this person and it's, it's really interesting yeah so do you how it's not like an rv it's just like a like a no. big like a van uh, let me see if i have a picture of it. all right and it's like is there like a bed in there or yeah like a, okay. i mean it's the same bed from the 70s so oh, i could probably wow. change it um <laughs> granted there were only two owners so like oh okay. uh, I mean, one was a family yeah. so i'm not sure if it got too crazy on there um who knows wow yeah that's always been like a. I don't know I just went to Montana 
in August and I thought it'd be cool to like if I would have done it in a van oh it's fun you know um we just like camped at a few campsites we were there for like a week but um a van would have been really cool I don't know this is a picture of Steven oh so wow. it's fun yes oh yeah that's you that's said 79, 77, 79. Yeah. That's wow. an epic band. It's fun. I mean, I wish it ran right yeah. now. Um, I think the battery's wrong or maybe it's the alternator. Okay. Um, is that like a relatively cheap fix? or is It that should like, be, okay. yeah. I just need to get around to doing it. Um, yeah. That's been kind of the fun thing is I've been learning. I don't know anything about cars, like, yeah. at all. Um, I can... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I can barely change a tire, as I was going to say. <laughs> I don't think I can change a tire. <laughs> <laughs> it's super easy once you learn. Really? Once somebody, like, pressures you to do it, and then but you this, learn. But do, do you have to drive around with the jack in the back? <laughs> or uh, I really haven't driven anywhere where I've needed it yet. Okay. So, but, yeah, I probably will get the um, pedal club. Okay. Because apparently with the, with the steering wheel jack, you can just cut it. Steering wheel jack. Or the uh, steering wheel club, sorry. Like to prevent theft. You can use that to lift the car up? Oh, he's oh. talking about like a tire jack. Y- like yeah, a, yeah, sorry. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I was completely... <laughs> I like, there's two was types. Like, <laughs> if you, if you want to, if, if you have to change a tire, do you have to all, like keep that, you have to drive around with a tire jack, right? Yeah, I'm guessing that it's inside. three tons. Yeah. Or three-fourths tons, oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus, okay. Yeah. Um... But you're talking about the club that goes on the steering yeah, wheel? Yeah, I was talking oh, about that. Okay. I was like, do those things <laughs> work? Do those things act- <laughs> From what I've heard, you can just cut it, and then they can drive off. But I also, I've never had that happen to me. I've just, yeah, I had my car stolen in 2016. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, um, Mike, oh, this is a fun, we, do yeah. we have time? Yeah, oh, we, we got, got plenty we, of time. We got all the yeah. time you right. want. The we want to hear 2016 this. 2016 was insane for me. It was not a good summer for me. But basically what happened is my car was stolen from the Hotel Astor parking lot, if you're familiar. Um, Uh-oh. They have fake cameras everywhere. So if you're parking underneath a camera, it's not on. Is that over by uh, Metro Market? It's on the east side. It's right by Monica's. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Monica's, good times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, some kids basically just copied my key fob as I was locking it up, copied it. Oh, I heard about that recently. Yeah. Copied? Yeah, they, there's like a device, and when you click your fob, it'll basically take that signal to whatever what? they got, and yeah. then they could just hop right in. Yeah. Um, so I have theft insurance on in my car now. Carjackers uh, be playing different these yeah. days. Yeah. I didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah. What? I just saw that the what? other day. Yeah. yeah. Where do you, are those devices illegal? How do you even get your hands on one of those? I think Not you have to work at a dealership, I think. Mm. But I, I mean, I also don't steal Jeez. cars often. They got to yeah. get, they, they get them somewhere. I don't know. That's crazy though. Yeah. Wow. So that's what, so yeah, sorry. So, we didn't oh, mean no, to cut you fine. off. Um, so they drove my car around Milwaukee for about two months straight. But it was right when the city was trying to figure out no pursuit and like how they were dealing with that. No pursuit. So it's basically like if you go past a certain speed, they won't uh, run after you because it's a civilian hazard. <laughs> Essentially, um, yeah. Like if you get to, if it's like they they want to avoid car chases. Yeah. Because people are probably mostly innocent people are getting killed in car right. chases. I think in Madison, yeah, some pedestrians who were on a sidewalk got killed, and that's what. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. 
So these kids were driving my car around for about two months, like with my plates still on and everything like super ballsy. Um, How insane! I don't. So what they did you like report the license plate? How did they? Oh, all the time. Yeah. And they never what? So basically, what they would do? It's insane. So they would watch on their phones for the Wi-Fi. They would show up for the police. Yeah. And once the police Wi-Fi showed up on their phones, they'd fucking book it. Um, These are professionals. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> um, so it was bananas. This is actually all like right before uh, Jake passed too. So like, 2016 Jesus. was just like boom, 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 boom for me. That was a but shitty ass year. 2016 was not real. a good year for me either. Yeah. I don't even remember. I don't know if I remember much from 2016 right now. That's probably for the best. Uh, I mean, some good stuff happened, but like a lot of shitty things. No, happened. I think I remember some bad stuff too. Actually, David Bowie died right away. Yeah, I think, and then there was just like a chain of like shitty events. The Prince died in 2016, also, right? I think right? so. I know, yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. I think. Yeah, or April. was that 2017? I think no, no, no. Tom Petty died in 2017. Yeah, Prince yeah. was April 2016. I'm almost certain. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. No, 2016 was on record. It was a like, crappy year. I mean, 2020 is pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. I think 2020 topped it. Yeah. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. What's uh, the Instagram page, History Cool Kids, posted? Like, actually, there was a worse year, 552 BC. It was like the plague was happening, and there yeah. was like a volcano or something. Yeah. It was, that was like the worst year on record. Wow. Um, so we're not there yet, guys. Yeah. Well, I'm thankful for that. So they drove around for two months, and then did you get it back? Uh, it was totaled. Like, everything they was stripped in it. it. They yeah. burned it? It was, like, or it wasn't totaled. The engine had burned out, and, like, everything was stripped in it. Clearly, they had So been, just like, picked it like a chicken bone. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, they do yeah. That, people do that, So, right? yeah. That like, whole chain of events between the key fob, the police Wi-Fi, two months with your play. I mean, it's just, and like... And the wild thing was... Like, um, I don't know if you guys remember that summer, there were like a bunch of like car thefts, like people were breaking yeah. cars oh, all the time. Yeah. It was like that was using all my car. That was using, so the one on East Ogden was my car. I saw it on the news. I was like, are you kidding me? Like I called the cop, like, is anybody looking at this? Like, yeah. I saw my car on the news. Um, <laughs> like, you guys going to do something? Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, they actually were super... They called me all the time, but they just don't have the resources yeah. to deal with it, I guess. I don't know. Whoa. I don't know their lives. Whoa. Um, what kind of car did you have? Honda Civic, so that's why. That's the most stolen car. Yeah, that's why. why it is it easy to, like, hot uh, I think I'm pretty sure. So this is, and don't quote me on this. but I'm going to quote you on this. At Brookfield Square, you mm-hmm. know, up in Brookfield. Oh. Where oh, else that, would it be? That yeah. Brookfield Square. <laughs> uh, the one in Elm Grove, right? Yeah. So, uh. In the parking lot on Black Friday, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's like tons of cars stolen there. 2019? No, like every year. Oh, I'm oh. not surprised by that. Because there's so many people packed into the mall, and then people just like walk up to cars and just jack, like take them. Yeah. Like smash the window? You don't even have to. You can do what they did to her car. Or um, there was something with the door too, and some of the older Honda Civics where you could just oh, like. That was like I think you, the window. Yeah, yeah you oh, pop like something the in the window hanger. and it like puts the lock down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've something also, with Honda Civics, I think there, it was like easier to do that really? with them, okay. but I'm not I th- sure. I also okay. think I heard, and don't quote me on this. Uh, someone's going to steal my car, but uh, they used. You don't they, drive a Honda Civic. No, I drive a Ferrari. 
just kidding. It's a Lamborghini. Anyway, um, but uh, I think Honda Civics, there's like eight key shapes for them. And I think if you, ha- like literally one in eight Civics, you could probably just walk oh, yeah. up and like put the key your key in and it would work. What? I don't know if that's absolutely true, but I think it's it something is. like that yeah. though. Yeah. For the manual keys, not yeah. the key fob. Um, uh, why would they only make eight keys? I think those were just simpler times. What? Oh, we're talking early 2000s, Honda? I think like... The, like 1998. Yeah, oh. the, 90, the 96 to 98 Honda Civics, I yeah. think, are the most stolen cars. Because it was easy to steal. I think, and there were so many of them. Yeah. And at the time, they were so sought after. They were sought after? Those engines run forever. Yeah, it's a reliable oh, yeah. car. Okay, okay. It's, yeah. It's reliable. You yeah. can soup it up if you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can basically blend in mm-hmm. i mean yeah i suppose if you stole one even if you smashed the window you just roll the other window down so it looks like you're just getting some fresh air yeah and if you know <laughs> if you know someone just get a new window and right you're set. right damn yeah I, there was a um so it was being kept on the south side they were parking it in a library parking lot uh and i had this so they had dumped a bunch of my crap on the side of the road and I had a woman like pick up my business card and call me. She's like, they have your car here. Um, please come pick it up because I don't want them in my neighborhood. I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, yeah, what do you right. want me to do? Um, like, it's your fault or something. Uh, what the well, hell? she was actually super cool about oh, it. She just okay, didn't okay. like, she's like, just FYI, I know where it is. Yeah. Um, Did you tell the police? Yeah. And then they got mad at her for a like interfering with the open case or something. Wait, what? Yeah, and why she, weren't they doing their damn job? She bananas. Right. It was, yeah. I could write what? a dissertation on it. Yeah, no, honestly, like, um, it was the most nuts thing. That's I mean, now I don't, th- I don't think no pursuit is a thing anymore. I think uh, they repealed it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. I have no idea. I mean, I, I know they were trying to, I don't know. That's just bizarre to me, though. Yeah, it was wild. I learned a lot about, um, yeah, it was just, um, I guess, a little so Jake and me were just it was just a really unhealthy relationship so I focused all my energy on to like where the hell's my car like why is this happening um so I would call the the districts every day and be like any updates on my car and I would like tell the different districts that I learned Mm -hmm. because they didn't have like yeah they don't communicate yeah why do they still not communicate after like all these like you'd think someone would be able to shoot an email over or out to all of them and be like this is what we figured out today. It's like a competition. Like, why don't they just all work together to try and stop crime? I right? don't know. Just to have a disc list something. or something. Yeah. Come on. Quad graphics has Like one. a group chat. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Well, well, I mean, I wish that had a happy ending. Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess I have a car now, I guess. That's so. good. And we're, we're not, not going to tell you guys what it is. Yeah. No, it's actually a bike. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Oops. And when she bike. says bike, she means motorcycle. <laughs> no, we're talking pedal. Pedal? Yeah. Pedal? Yep. It's weird on the highway. But Maybe you know, a scooter? Whatever. Remember when those guys were on a lime scooter on the highway? They were by like, they were on like 43. Remember that? I don't know. No. They probably no. happened more than it was once. Like two, I feel it was like two summers ago or like last summer or something. There were like some guys from like Texas came up to for like a show or something. And they were on a lot. Like the, the GPS 
took them on the highway and so That's... they like went down the ramp and they were on the, on the highway <laughs> on a lime scooter nobody stopped I, <laughs> yeah I, I think they got i think the cops pulled them over or something but it's like i wish i could have seen that that sounds yeah. hilarious or dangerous but like i would probably do that are lime scooters still around or are they stopped because of, of corona, corona. Okay. yeah i think that's uh that would oh. just be a breeding I, ground for it'd just be a mobile corona unit you just yeah. wanna, <laughs> you know like if you want to get sick you yeah i mean I, I mean i mean imagine like if you like if you had that on your hand or something and you just like touch the handle you just would be spreading it all over yeah you know you you'd scoot over to downtown or something from the east side and then I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's just safer to. I keep getting emails from like Bird. They're like, "You haven't scooted in a long time." I'm like, "No shit," because there's no scooters anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I want to ride one of those. I've never ridden one. I was about to say that. How is it good? Is it? What's is your it rating? Fun. I mean, I used to. Uh, where I live, they would get. There'd be like a lot over there, like dropped off, kinda, and so I would just like take one and go. It was nice to just like go to the grocery store and then like dip, you know drop it, go get some stuff, and then yeah. hop back on, scoot home, you know. And then, too, I don't know. It, it was, like, a dollar to activate it and then 25 cents per minute or mile or something. I mean, it, it was, like, the most I had ever paid was, like, five bucks. And it's it's fun, and if it's nice out, you get a little breeze. And I don't know. Some people get afraid of, like, if you hit a pothole and you, like, fall into traffic, which, like, is a legitimate concern. Yeah, I was going to say you know, that's, for yeah. sure. And I, I, I never wore a helmet. And who just carries around a helmet and has one ready to go when they find a lime, when they stumble upon a lime scooter? What? You guys are going to get, like, a thousand DMs. Like, you should always have a helmet. <laughs> yeah. No. Come on. Wait, wait. I'm an advocate wait, for helmets. What did I say? <laughs> Protect that head. Did I say I did No, I always wore a helmet <laughs> when I rode lime scooters. No, to me, and not for a lime scooter, I, but wearing a helmet is like wearing a seatbelt. You should just do it because it could save your life. You might never need it, but the time you do and you don't wear it, you're screwed. So yeah. always wear a helmet, people. Even though they don't look cool. you know. Some looks, of them look pretty cool. They don't look cool, but you know it looks even less cool than that? Brain damage. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Imagine how foolish yeah. you'll feel. Oh, yes, PSA, wear a helmet. Didn't you almost... Uh, maybe we don't have to talk When about I got that. hit... You got hit? What? Is that what you're going to bring no, up? I thought one time you had like a bunch of bags of groceries and you were riding with like one hand and a bus oh. like was coming towards you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was going, I was so dumb. I was going downhill and I had, I didn't bring a backpack, so I had a handful of groceries, but the hand that was holding the groceries was the handle side with the brake. So I, yeah. So then I was like flying and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I can't stop. <laughs> and then I, I, th I grabbed the, the thing and I dropped the bag and I had to pick it up. But like, it was better to have like, and it started wobbling too. Cause like there's all this weight swinging <laughs> from one hand, but, um, use two hands if you're going to ride a lime scooter. They should have baskets. Yeah. Something would have been cool. A little like wagon behind it or something. Yeah. Anything, honestly, just, I, I want to use it to lug stuff around. But uh, no, I, I'm all for limes. I think they're a cool idea. But now, you know, because germs are a concern, um, I wonder if they'll ever make a comeback. Maybe eventually. But I still think that even, like, people are just more 
germ conscious now. And I think they're going to be for a while. I um, think it'll come back in some iteration, but it'll look a little different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's a different <laughs> conversation. It's maybe a different uh, episode. Yeah, we can do we it. We can go Get a fortune teller on here. That would be sick. Do you know one? Uh-oh. It's hard to find a good fortune teller these days. For real. <laughs> I dropped by one. No, you, you get your palm read? No, no, I. but I always, uh, I drive by this place. Oh, you drive by one. Yeah, no. I like said you dropped by one. I never <laughs> dropped by one. You drove by one. I drove by one. Was it like a crystal ball? No, it's just like a little house. It's sure like a bullshit. house with neon lights in the front that say, like, Fortune teller, or whatever, or tarot card. I was just gonna bring up tarot. Which area of the city is it in? Which this is out. Say? This is out uh, towards Waukesha. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, but there, I've seen other ones too. I think. Yeah. They're around. You ever get tarot cards? Have I bought you them your, you or have I gotten deck, them read? Deck red. What do you call that? Your spread. Your sure. Uh, well, I don't know what that's called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you spread? <laughs> <laughs> you spread the tarot cards out on the table. Oh, right? oh, you didn't get that done? I don't think I've ever had that done. Oh. Uh, have you? No, but... Have you? No. My zodiac sign, the lucky the lucky um, tarot card for the zodiac sign is uh, the lovers. And so I went to Denver one time. No, no, no. Yeah, I went to Denver, and I found out that that was the lucky one. And then I went to Portland, and we went in this little, like, boutique, and there was, like, a deck on display. And I was like, hey, Ben, Chelsea, like, pick a pick a card. And they picked one. And then I just picked one from the middle, and it was the lovers. And I was like, what are the odds of that? There's a whole deck. And I picked the lucky one. I don't By know. the way, I saw in here the band that you had with your birthday were the same. I'm not gonna say, oh. it, but we're the same sign. So yours is the same one, I think. Oh heck yeah! But uh, <laughs> it was wild though. I just thought that I never forgot that. I was like, why? Did, I could have picked any card. I could have picked death. I could have picked the fool. Did you tell the shop, or did you? No, just I just stole the deck. No, I'm just kidding. So you're no, I, no, I'm you're just kidding. I've never stolen. The only thing I've ever stolen in my life was a jug of water from Walmart one time because I deserved it. I just spent like, <laughs> I'm not going to get into Walmart it. Walmart disagrees. I'm yeah, when yeah, well, it was Nestle, so I don't even feel that either. <laughs> Fuck Nestle. Yeah. But Nestle, if you, if you do want to sponsor the show, <laughs> and I will rescind that comment <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. It's been good. I don't know. I think maybe that's a good place to call fuck it. Fuck Nestle? Yeah. And you stealing water? No, no, no. We'll leave it on a fuck Nestle note. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. thank you. It's fun I had talking. Artist um, we know, this is Aiden. This is Kyle. This is Becky. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Bye. <laughs>